Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to the Everything is Black and White podcast. It's time for the match preview. Newcastle welcome Aston Villa to St. James' Park on Sunday after what was a must-win game against Everton where they got three points and looking ahead to the visit of Steven Gerrard's men. I'm much more confident. I'm looking forward to it much more than I was 72 hours ago. And it's all down, John, thanks to that win over Everton, which was just, it was superb. Oh, terrific. Absolutely terrific. Everything about it. Uh, for a start, it was our first back-to-back wins uh, of the season. We've never won after going behind, and we did this time. Uh, we scored three times, which is the first time this season we've had a two-goal cushion, which is when you can actually relax because you're two goals ahead and you think you're going to win. And um, we did it without two of uh, January signings, Bruno and Burns, who, who still to come in at some time in the near future. But what above all was wonderful was it, it was with a performance. Our only other home win, 1-0 against Burnley, was nervy, was two unattractive sides, and we just got the better of it, and the ball went off bruised on a stretcher at the end of the game. Here, it was just a wonderful hour and a half. And I think I had mentioned, we mentioned last week, wouldn't it be nice if the players caught on to the mood of war flags and everything and this wonderful build-up to a game and actually carried it into a game? And here we had the full package. We had it the whole game. We had a wonderful start to the game with the fans and it was carried on during the game. It was carried on after the final whistle with the, with the fans so delighted. It was the full package and um, a breath of fresh air without a shadow of doubt. And give us real hope. And, of course, in all the pluses I was mentioning there, the most important of them all, perhaps, was that it took us out of the bottom three. Uh, and thanks to what's happened last night with Leeds, and, and but more so last night with Norwich, who might have been going to win at one stage, they scored in 43 seconds or something, and but only got a point and really should have lost with a penalty. Uh, we have remained out of the bottom three going into the weekend games, so a lot to be um, cheerful about. Definitely, like you say, the position given the results that happened on, on Wednesday night. That's oh. another boost after what was a tremendous performance. Lots to talk about, lots of players that we can pick out who yep. really, really did perform well. You've mentioned their war flags. We'll just give them a brief mention to begin with because they put uh, a lot of their, their their flags into the Leeser's end. They challenged the Leeser's end to, to give them a bit of competition and by God, they did, did, did do so. It was a tremendous display put on by those in the Leeser end. And then when that big surfer flag came up, John, it was something out oh. of another world. It was absolutely brilliant. Well, Kieran Trippier went on record at the end of the game saying, uh, I've played all over the world, which he has, in club football and in international football. He's, and he said, I thought Atletico Madrid was the crowd in terms of local passion and noise, etc., etc. But he was blown away by Newcastle 
the other night. And that's understandable. And when a player of his size says it, you know it's special. Um, but the fans have been waiting to get a reaction on the pitch so they could give the love back. And this was the game where they were able to do that. And um, it just shows you what this town can be and what this city used to be and what it will be again. Uh, after all the years of being smacked over the head with a rolled-up umbrella, which we were for 14 years with Ashley, um, it was a glimpse of what Newcastle will be in the future. Not possibly, will be in the future. And that's terrific, and it was good. And um, we are unbeaten in the Premier League in 2022, which is a rather a nice thing to say in February. Uh, but we are... Um, and long may it happen and uh, you know we've got to keep building on this because we're not out the woods yet we're heading in the right direction well that's what I wanted to mention because uh, a reporter asked Eddie Howe about the the potential to aim for the top 10 if they beat Villa on Sunday and he turned around and said it isn't amazing how quickly the the questions change you know and and he's not getting ahead of himself it's back to back wins they're out of the relegation zone and what I wanted to point out was that the previous manager I think at this point you know, had he just got two back-to-back, well, he got back-to-back wins, he, the reaction would have been slightly different. Betty Howe's keeping his feet on the ground. He's telling the players, it's one performance. You're only as good as your last performance. We need to, You need to put the effort in in training or you'll not be in the starting lineup for the next game. And that's what you want. The manager knows Newcastle are still in a bit of bother. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the reporter was just looking for a headline. He wasn't really, because it's an absurd question. I mean, we're not out the, the woods by a million blinking miles. We'll be... As, as I said, uh, we're marching on Europe with the. I can say, so you're not aiming for a late push for the top four. No, I don't. I think that that might be slightly above us, but we'll stroll into Euro- Europa League. No, it's a nonsense. And uh, the the hack was just looking for a headline. Uh, and luckily, um, Eddie Howe didn't take the bite, and I don't think that he would. Uh, I'm pleased that it wasn't asked to, to our lovely Amanda because she might have said, oh, yes, we can do that. <laughs> but she, she's more likely to get carried away than Eddie is, who's more realistic. The fight is still on, um, and there's no question about that because had Norwich won last night, we would have been back in the bottom three. The, the, the fight goes on, but we, you know what? We have been in a room... A darkened room, the, the light off, the curtains drawn and not a shaft of light coming through to give us any hope for so long. We can see that shaft of life now. We can see the way out of the predicament we were in and we've still got to walk the walk, but it's possible and it's more than possible, it's probable and that's very important. As long as the players do exactly what Eddie Howe's doing and keep their feet on the ground and get on with doing the job that's in front of us. So you mentioned Kieran Trippier just before. Let's talk about him. Yep. We were big fans of him. We knew what Absolutely. a big signing this was. Most people listening to this podcast knew what a big signing he was. Some on a national level criticised him. Some accused him of just coming to Newcastle <laughs> for the money. Well, the reaction when he popped that ball into the top corner on Tuesday night says otherwise. And just his overall performance, even if he hadn't got that goal, the goal sure. aside... He was absolutely superb. He was my man of the match. He was bringing leadership. He was calming the players down when they when they were looking at maybe making a few mistakes. I honestly, I I just can't get over what an impact he's made in such a short space of time. They they think that you can't get. I mean, Kieran Trippier is Kieran Trippier, and I couldn't pay him a bigger compliment. What you see is what you get. 
His heart's as big as a frying pan. He runs through a brick wall. He does all that, and he's got the skill to go with it and the vision as well. He is a natural-born skipper and will inevitably be skipper of Newcastle United. Uh, Not for the rest of this season, I think. It's more likely to happen in the summer. But he is a natural leader and he doesn't need the armband to lead. He leads anyway. Uh, A wonderful signing. The only thing that was staggering is that we got him, but we were in the right place at the right time. He wanted to come back. Uh, to this country for family reasons he knew Eddie Howe he knew having been at Spurs and Burnley what a big club this was that 52,000 etc etc and that if you get in at the ground floor which is he has there will be a lift off and you'll be there when you get the penthouse suite on the top uh, and he will be there uh, terrific signing our cheapest signing of the five and our best signing of the five Bruno will have to go some to be better than Trippier in pound for pound. And Bruno is a good, good signing. But he's terrific. And um, and he inspires. And I, he'll probably end up as being the best right back in the club's history. And I go back to David Craig, who was wonderful, etc., etc. But I think this guy will be the best right back we've had in our history. Of course, he wasn't just brought in for his defensive ability. It was no. his, his delivery. Obviously, he got the crossing for the, the, the equaliser. And the stats are that he completed five crosses out of an attempted 10. The rest of the players involved across the whole night against Everton only attempted four, with one getting complete. So that shows you, you know, already he's taken it up another level. And he's only played a handful of games for Newcastle. And already he's sixth in the list of uh, completed crosses across the whole season with 19. So right there with those stats, you're seeing exactly what he can do when he gets forward and you're hoping someone like Chris Wood can can make the most of it. What what I love is what I see with my eyes, not what the stat book tells me. I'm not a great stats guy because a completed completed pass, I can pass to you and you're sitting four yards from me now. Or you can have a Shelby 60-yarder and they're both completed passes. There's different things. Crosses that, that work... Somebody's got to get on the end of them, then they work. Um, so I'm not a stats man, but when I look at him, I know what we've got and I appreciate him. When I look at him in a match thing, and that's the way most Geordies will will decide. It's what their eyes tell them. And the best guidance you've got, if you are a guy that's watching a player to sign for a club, what you see is the most important thing. And Trippier gives you so much. It's untrue. Target on the other side's not bad, man. He was very, he's, very he, solid, he, wasn't he? He's a good, good signing as well on that one performance. And we haven't mentioned because he can divide opinion because he can frustrate. But San Maximum brings something so, to the table that, that nobody else can. We'll get on to San Maximum in just a moment. But on, on uh, Trippier, of course, he went off injured. Eddie Howe will be holding his press conference on Friday, so we'll learn more about... Please, God, don't even think about yeah. it. Fingers crossed he's, he's back for Sunday because it would be a massive blow. Oh, dear, 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 dear. Target, yeah. you mentioned they obviously won't play against Villa because it's his pairing club, but I just felt watching him, he brought a different presence to that left-back area that we haven't seen in many, many, many and years. And he brought a balance, didn't he, with but, the right-back in him. There, there was a balance to the yeah. back four. He looked confident in himself, where I, sometimes when you watch Jamal Lewis or you watch Matt Ritchie or Paul Dummett in that position, they've all got their, their certain weaknesses, you know, whether it's a ball over the top, whether it's getting beaten by, by speed. And 
sometimes they don't look all that confident, whereas Target just looked assured of himself and confidence is a, is a massive thing, you know, in professional football. If you're confident in your ability, that's half the battle. And I sure. thought, as debuts go, he had a very, very solid debut. Brilliant, brilliant. Uh, but as we've hinted, outside of the two who were standout for me, which was Trippier and Sam Maximum, there, there were so many excellent performances. It, it's much more difficult to say he was average and he was average because there was a couple that were just above average and then everybody else was standout. I mean, Willick, without the goals to be the icing on the cake, <coughs> was the young man we knew. He did better at Leeds and he was absolutely outstanding here. Fraser was absolutely terrific. Um, Lascelles, forget the own goal, he was just unlucky. The ball just struck him and bounced into the net. He couldn't do anything about it. Within 109 seconds, he was at the other end. Terrific header to produce another OG in the equaliser. He was so much better. Um, and basically, right across the park, there was performances which were uplifting. And it was way, way above anything else we've produced this season in terms of the team performance over 90 minutes. You mentioned there Jamal Lascelles, obviously partnered Fabian Scher. In the second half early on, there were a few nervous moments, I felt, where communication was lacking. Fabian Scher tried to pass the ball back across the box and it almost cost Newcastle. And that's where Trippier came in and just said, let's calm it down. His leadership shown there. Um, but yeah, overall, I thought the two did all right. It's going to be interesting though. Does Dan Byrne come in for one of them on, on Sunday? Dan Byrne comes in for one of them short term, definitely. Uh, and for me, it would be for Shaw. Uh, Sean Shelby, the, the one blot on the horizon was they had horrendous tackles that brought yellow cards, and in some cases, it might have been a red in both the cases. And Shaw's got that in him. Um, to most Newcastle fans, they would put Byrne straight in the side because he's six foot seven, he's in the form of his life, etc., etc., and you'd put Bruno in because you know how much they're dying to see him because you heard the crowd the whole game the other night. The difference is, as far as Sunday's concerned, I think Howe's a very loyal manager. If your team wins, he doesn't like making changes. Uh, he didn't, and that's... There was a lot of rumblings before the game against Everton when the team selection come out the hour before the game that, that Byrne and Bruno weren't starting. Byrne might have had the complication with his toe, but there was no complication like that with Bruno. Um, and there was rumblings, and he got it spot on because we produced the best performance of the season. Um, so they've won again. They've won the last two on the bounce. He's not going to rip up his starting eleven on on Sunday to voluntarily who do you drop do you drop Lascelles who did so well do you drop Willock who's obvious one to drop in terms of personnel if you're going to bring in Bruno when Willock is at last beginning to look something like he should he you'd kill game. the kid you'd kill if you drop Willock after he's played like that you kill the kid yeah. now I, I want Bruno on the side and I want Burn on the side I don't think either will start on Sunday unless Byrne gets in in any reshuffle because of the left-back. And he, he, he himself can play left-back. He can, yeah. Uh, so I think 
I'm not talking about what I would do. I'm talking about what I expect to happen. I would think if everybody's fit, and we're waiting to hear about Trippier and other people that might have knocks or got knocks in training, we never know. But I think he won't voluntarily drop anybody from his starting line. I disagree. I think Fabian Chair might drop out because of a because of. He, he I look, think he should drop. Yeah, out. he didn't look. He wasn't as good as he was against Leeds. I felt on on uh, against Everton, and then you look at who Villa have got as well up top, and they're going to be creating a few issues. I think Burn might come in for him. The midfield area, I think, is, is more... Who would come in left-back then? Manquillo? Well, Manquillo. I think he put Manquillo on. No, he came on for a bit, didn't he? He replaced Trippin. You know, he's a, he, he's a very decent full, but I well, like him. I and... mean, I would play Manquillo at yeah. left-back. And I would play Bernard centre-half. Just, this guy doesn't make a lot of changes or any changes that are voluntary if you've won. Hmm. And he will sit down and say, not only did we win, not only did we win back-to-backs, but that was our best performance of the season. And he might not drop. Shaw is almost got his hand up in the air to be dropped. Uh, and the tackle, he does that. The tackle was, was frightening. Like, it? Oh, it was frightening. <laughs> and again, we don't know how fit Burn is. Yeah. Um, but yes, that would be the automatic one. And Bruno's just a matter of time. Yeah. Um, but like you say, that all the, the midfielders in that position played well. Joe Linton had a good game. I thought John Joe Shelby had an excellent game, given he got a, a very early yellow card. We've yep. seen previously where he's not managed to keep his head. I, I he think didn't he, keep his head on the yellow card. No, he, that no, was but, an but, awful tackle. It was. Well. But I mean, in terms of, you know... It didn't happen again. Realising, oh, but I'm on a caution here. If I, if I lunge in again, I'm going to see red. And I think we saw a bit of maturity from Shelby where it, it clicked and he, you know, he still he, he ran his backside off. He was... There was one moment when uh, he was he was nearly up in the corner flag chasing someone down very late on. I thought that's the effort you want from John Joe Shelby. You know he can't he, he can't only pass a ball when he puts his mind to it. He gets about the pitch, and I thought he did really well to adapt his game given that early yellow card. Let's like, say Joe they Willick all did well. Yeah. it was just some did better than others, but mm. they all did well. Joe Willick best performance in the Newcastle United oh. since he's since he's signed permanently. It was lovely to see. Yeah, Joe Linton, as we and mentioned, and of course he, he robbed Deli Ali for yeah. the breakthrough goal. Yeah, we you know we, at times this season uh, Joe Willick has looked like he's been running through cement. Oh, but I felt something something happened on Tuesday where he, he looked he looked free and, and Everton couldn't handle him at times. He caught the mood too. The mood on the terraces, the mood in the team. You know things are infectious in football. It's the same as when you have the bad atmosphere because Bruce is there and Ashley's sitting upstairs. Mm. That dampens the team. Football's infectious. Definitely. And we're going to move on to Alan St. Marks from quite rightly. He's getting the pull it. I, I have to say, though, the first half, I was more frustrated than I was impressed by him. I felt... Every, yeah. I'm, I, we sometimes ask too much of our attackers. Um, attackers are... The RAF, they are the people, they're the blue chip players. They're the players that get people off your seat with excitement. They're playing football at the end of the, the right end of the pitch. They're exciting. Football's entertainment, it's show business. And if you have ball players, you will get frustrated as much as you will get excited because they will try things. They will accept responsibility and they'll try things. And sometimes they won't come off. But when they do, Chris Waddle, when he first came in, in Newcastle side, was a nightmare. 
He lost the ball, he looked lazy, he walked as if he had a sack of coal on his back, and then suddenly the ugly duckling become a swan. And he was so elegant that he went to Marseille and played in the European Cup final. He won six England caps. He looked wonderful and will be remembered as this elegant foot. But he'll frustrate. Sam Maximum will frustrate. But take that out of him and you haven't got a player. He is unpredictable. Can you name anybody, including the fullback, anybody, that if you're a defender and you have this fellow running at you, that's the last bloke you want running no. at you because you don't know what he's going to do. 100%. But I think in the first half, we saw sometimes he's his own worst enemy because he was he was holding on the ball too long. He wasn't making the right passes. And in the second half, he began to make the right decisions. And we saw, I felt, Newcastle go up another level because St. Maximum was now trying to get the ball in the box. He was Correct. making the right Correct. pass. But and he, he will always frustrate. He will always frustrate. Um, but sometime in the game... He's going to have that moment of quality. And that will unlock and get Newcastle what they need. Take him out, the team, and I take the frustration. That's why he's with us, by the way, and not with Manchester City, because that frustration. Manchester City wants that frustration's 10% of the game, 5% of the game. It's 30% of, of his game. But take him out of the side, the current side, and, and put someone else in, anybody you like, Murphy, Almeida, whoever it is. We are predictable. The one, and by the way, what wins matches has been unpredictable on the occasion. The spark that wins the game. He gives us that spark. And we have to put up with some of the mess for the other side of the cake. I take totally what... And I think a lot of Newcastle fans get frustrated by him. And, you know, he's a walking butt. Ah, but. He didn't do that. Ah, but. He didn't go... And I'm not blinded by him. He's just the best we're going to have at this stage. Whether he's going to win you the, the Premier League Championship six seasons down the line is a totally different ball game. But right but right now, now... he is the dash of colour that otherwise, you know the brush strokes of the team, he might just do something different. And when you look at how Aston Villa defended against Leeds, he will have looked at that oh. game and thought, this is this is all my Christmas has come who, at once. Who do you think? Yeah, I mean, when he gets a ball, let's fall around him. When sides play Newcastle, they, they know, who they know do you the think mark, the yeah. manager picks out and says, hey, kill some maximum and you've killed the game? That's that's the way it's looked at. The one say stop Wood doing this and and stop Joe Linton doing that and stop Fraser and I'm not having a go at those boys whatsoever. Their contribution of the night was terrific, but they won't pick him out. They'll pick him out. Hmm. I mean, do you share that sentiment about Villa's defence? I mean, Tyrone oh, absolutely. Mings. Absolutely, that's the biggest hope they had. Yeah. I mean, two things come out of last night for me. One, the plus and one, the minus, and the. The, the plus was looking at the Villa defence and the minus was Coutinho, who who can rip sides to bits. Uh, so the, both of those things were amply displayed in mm. the 3-3 door with Leeds. I mean, it was a great game for the neutral, but if you're Steven Gerrard, you'll be... He'll be a bit oh, frustrated at the way they didn't clear the line, especially Tyrone Mings. He, he should have, you know, he'd made a good interception just before, was it Leeds got the level and he failed to clear it properly and he passed it straight into the the the, 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 the Leeds player who, who put it home. Um, I think Newcastle can get out of that defence, but as you say, 
going forward, Villa are, are definitely fair. Coutinho looks excellent. Um, you know, Watkins is, is is a good player. I mean, they will be missing Bienda, who looks like he's going to be out for the next couple of weeks. So that's a that's a plus for Newcastle. Coutinho, okay, he went off, but um, it doesn't look like it's a serious injury. No. Uh, Gerard said it was more fatigue than anything else. So you think he'll be in and. Coutinho is going to be the man Newcastle need to stop. Without a shadow of doubt. And I mean, he only went to Villa because of his close friendship with Stephen Gerrard from when they were both at Liverpool. But he he, he will be a, a thorn now aside. When you see, when you we will look at Villa and say, stop Coutinho. Gerrard will look at Newcastle and say, stop some maximum. Um, they are the, the standout players. It doesn't mean every game they're going to win the game for an hour and a half. But the potential's there, and sometimes they've only got to do something once, and the game's gone. There's a potential based on last night's performance from Villa and how we know Newcastle as well are quite open at the back that this is going to be a very, very open game. Um, yes, it it could well be so, uh, and that would be fine. Um, I think it's going to be a tougher game than Everton. Oh, 100%. Uh, it's going to be a tougher game than Everton. Uh, Lampard's just landed there. I think I said last week, Brentford were no great shakes. They're, they're struggling. So, you know, we had to put a 4-1 start into, into perspective that he got the exact right opposition for his first day at Goodison. And Newcastle weren't that when he come here. Uh, Villa are better than that. Villa right now are better than Everton right now. Well, yeah. So it's going to be tougher. I was surprised at how bad Everton were, actually. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, to a great extent I was because they've got some decent players. Um, it's obvious that Van der Beek and uh, Ali aren't up to scratch yet. Um, the jury's out on Ali anyway as his career passed him by. But uh, he, certainly he wasn't up to scratch. He got on early. It didn't work. He got robbed on the crucial goal, etc., etc. Um yeah, there's a lot of work to be done with Everton. I still think they'll manage not to go down, but there's a lot of work to be done with them. And Lampard knows that. Uh, Villa are further down the road with Gerrard. So just run our listeners through your team then for Sunday. Is it going to be unchanged? Well, no, there's got to be one change at left. Oh, of course, we're not. Yeah. So, yes. There's got to be one change at left. But, but I know exactly what you're meaning. I think, and, and I know you would have burning for... Sure, and by the way, may I emphasize, I would. I was trying to what Eddie decide Howe will what do. Eddie Howe does because that's what matters, not what I would do, what Eddie Howe do. And I think he could well go with one change at left back. I would definitely have burning. Whether I don't think I would start Bruno as much as I want to start him because it would kill Willick. And Willick has done enough after, you know, I would probably bring Bruno on after an hour and give him half an hour and then you go and do whatever you do who's going to that. stop Coutinho who's going to be the man is it Joe Linton's job do you think to, to get in on him and rattle him a little bit I think it probably is funny enough Bruno would do a good job of that because he is defensive minded and, and he's strong upper body and he gets in uh, between player and ball it's a, he would be good at that but I think Joe you're certainly not going to give it to Willock or Shelby as an out and out job like stopping playing uh, so you would give it to Joe Linton and then um, that might be 
the best job for Joe Linton because bless him, he's been terrific since he went to midfield. But then um, he gave us a glimpse of the past on the two occasions he got in the box against Everton when on on the in, <laughs> we suddenly saw the guy that used to play number nine. On the first one, the first half at the Leeser's end, his touch was heavy, he took it too wide and the keeper saved it with his legs. The second one, his legs went to jelly and he just collapsed on the ground. Um, so we saw what is not a finisher uh, in him there. Um, I think that's... I, do you know what? I know he's brought in as, as a £40 million man, but I think that's passed him by now. I think... Uh, what's passed him by? The whole goal-scoring thing. He's never going to be a prolific goal-scorer. I think he's proved himself in this kind of midfield enforcer role you know, he he got he got himself up. He brushed himself down after the missing them chances, and then he was straight back in. He was physical. He didn't give uh, you know the likes of Deliali Van the big time to breathe. We saw the aggression. I loved I I loved the aggression in him as well. You know, a couple of years ago, you would have been scared to to go anywhere near yeah, there. I, I, I think he's an excellent midfielder, but you we can't have our standards so low, Andrew, that we can say to anybody, oh well, he doesn't score goals, but it doesn't matter. It matters. You've got to well, midfield's got to come in with a contribution, and if if he's going to get in the box from six yards and he's going to miss twice out of two occasions, that matters. I agree because in another game that will cost you two points. You'll draw instead of win. I'm not having to go to be. I think he has had an outstanding season, but players have still got to score. Yeah, but they do say Bruno. Bruno doesn't score goals. No, but he, he won't get in the box. Hmm. Bruno's sitting in in front of the four. If Newcastle think, if Newcastle fans think, and they don't, because they're far too intelligent, and they looked them up on YouTube and everything. But if you think you've got a Brazilian's going to flick it up the, your stocking tops and over the top of your head and not make somebody and stick it in the top. If corner, you think we've that's brought Coutinho, that's yeah, what you're saying. Yeah. That's that's <laughs> not his. That's not what he does. He will protect the 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 back four. He will pass in. When he's on the ball, play will continue because he'll find someone. But he's not going to find them with a, a Shelby pass. It's going to be close and precise and support and move, etc., etc. And he ain't going to get in the box. And his game ain't that. But the game still for Willock and Joe Linton and that type of midfielder still got to contribute some goals in a season. Uh, and, and that's all I'm saying. I think Joe Linton would be the sort of fellow that could could... Mark Coutinho and do a good job and, and, and he's got the physical strength to, to make it difficult but whoever you put on somebody like Coutinho it's a thankless w task Would you do kind of what Everton did against Alance at Maxim what we assume Villa might do against against uh, Alance at Maxim as well where you know Everton had three or four men around Alan St. Maximo, is that just a bit? Is that a bit silly? Because you know, as good as well, one player is, you're leaving, you then leaving yes. other players elsewhere totally free. I, I think that's absolutely true. What you said there, Andrew, and uh, I was going to say it hardly stopped St. Maximo. <laughs> no. I mean, in the second half, on the significant things that he did, uh, you know, I mean, the the goal of first goal, he got to the byline, that, and he had no right, and he, he was surrounded by, uh, you know, it, it's like. Mick Jagger with a load of groupies round him, like you know, and he still turned them inside out and flicked the ball inside. You can't, you can't get obsessed, and I don't think for one minute we will. You, you've got to be aware of a situation. You can do a one man, man for man marking. I'm not certain that we want Joe Linton to follow Coutinho all over the park because Coutinho is clever. 
he'll come out the wing, check inside it. He would drag somebody like a puppet all over the place. The nearest man may well take him, but you can get too obsessed by a player. And I think a lot do with San Maximum because there's nobody else that we've got that's quite in that class. They'll stick four players on him and, and just say, right, hound him. And if he doesn't get the ball in, the rest won't do any harm. It didn't work with Everton. Um, it's going to be fascinating, Villa, but uh, good. So just to clarify then, obviously left back will come in, but other than that, unchanged? From Howe's point of view, I think so. I would do what you would do and I would bring Byrne in uh, for sure, but I, I, I suspect that uh, Eddie mightn't. Isn't it nice to be having this conversation? Wonderful. Wonderful. Imagine, could you imagine two months ago, like saying, all right, actually, we don't want to drop anyone for this Brazilian international because they've all done really well. Yeah, oh, I mean, <laughs> it, it's a wonderful situation to be in and we'll want to be in it more and more. Um, and by the way, is is uh, Almiran still at Newcastle? Uh, his never... time will come, John, his time will come. Yeah, his time will come to pack his bags in the summer and go on the transfer when they buy better players. Uh, and... <laughs> You're shaking your head there. He's not the player we thought he had. I love him because he's quick and I love him because he, he, he's got a wonderful attitude. He smiles, he does everything. But He's got to step up now, hasn't he? If he wants to remain part of this team, oh, part of the plans without, going without forward, he's got to... And I think he'll find it very tough to get the opportunities enough to step up. Um, the one thing I'd like to say, I want to see Wood score. Yes. Because he needs it. He... he and we need him to, not to win the match, but to boost his confidence. We aren't going to have Wilson until the last couple of games of the season. We need Wood to be brimful of confidence, knocking people about, making things happen in the, in the uh, box. If not scoring himself, making them for others. His confidence looks at a low ebb at the moment. When you watch his body language... He's not the aggressive English bulldog centre-forward that he was at Burnley. One thing I did notice on, on Tuesday, he was getting up and he was winning the headers, but there was no one around him. And again, I mean, I don't think anyhow will change the you know the style of play, the formation, the approach at all, because why would you? You know, you're why a brilliant runner form. But there were several times when, when uh, Chris Wood was winning the header, but it wasn't going to anyone because there was no one around him. And it's, it, it must be frustrating for him because he, he's doing his job. And that were the, were the cries from people around me. You know, they were saying, oh, well, he's doing his job, but there's no one up there. But, but I can't see how you fix that because the way Newcastle no. are playing, there doesn't have to be anyone up there, if you get what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's difficult. And you see, his strength is in the air, unquestionably. But yet, if you notice in the first half, he got a, he got a clear header six oh, yards out. Oh. And it was almost like a back pass to the keeper. The lack of... He, he, died, he put it down the keeper's throat. It lacked power. And this is his bread and butter. When he was at Burnley, he would have buried that. Were you he sitting next to Supermark? On, on yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we don't want to go there. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, that that is his bread and butter. And that's just a lack of confidence. I think 25 million's weighing on his mind because 25 million is a huge fee yeah. for him and he believes that. But uh, it's not his fault, well, it's that. Um, that was what was necessary to trigger 
the, the, the transfer, but I think it's weighing on him. And the longer he goes without the goal, the longer it'll play on his mind. Well, he very nearly got the kind of goal which you always say at this stage. If it goes in off his backside, ah. you'll take it. This one hit his hit his thigh, didn't it? And bounced over the keeper, but unfortunately he was offside. And by the way, you've just described it exactly right. It hit him. Yeah. He didn't finish. But, you, but it the, hit the him. hope is, I guess, once once the of first course. one goes in, it'll of flow like the oh, time. You don't mind which way it goes yeah. in, as long as it goes in. But I think he's in desperate need of a goal. Yes, 100%. And fingers crossed he gets that yeah, against I'll, Aston Villa on Sunday. Let it be the winner. Yes, and I'm going to get you to tell us how this game is going to end. But just first of all, I just want to mention that the Everything is Black and White podcast has been nominated for the Best Sport Podcast for the Publisher Podcast Awards, which is brilliant, up against some big names from across the country. And it's a, it's a brilliant nod um, well, to the Everything man. is Black Ooh, and White podcast. Terrific. It's brilliant. It's all us as well. You know, we've had the the history podcast that Ketchell's done. We've had the Give Us Corner, of course. We've got a special one coming up, which we'll announce very soon. It's all recorded. We're just doing something special to launch it. We've had documentaries covering the takeover. So it's been a brilliant year to to for the podcast, and great to get that nod. And also from a personal perspective, I've been nominated yep. as a, a podcast hero for twenty twenty two in the same awards. So that's a nice uh, a nice nod as well. Not just for this podcast, but for the Borough podcast we do yeah. down at the Gazette Live. So I'm um, happy with good, that. Good, good news. Good, and good news. We just say to you guys listening, thank you for tuning in and continue to follow the podcast. Leave us rating reviews. Leave us any feedback. Get in touch as well at the EIBW podcast at reachplc.com. I know John likes to hear feedback and comments from you guys as well as do the rest of our writers. And we just say thanks once again. To finish off, John. We were right. We, we, we both said that we're going to win yeah, against Everton. We did, we did, we did. And hopefully we'll be right again because I'm going to say Newcastle are going to win against Aston Villa. I think it will be tougher, as we've already said, than it was against Everton. It might be a narrower scoreline than the two-goal difference um, that we had in that game. But a win's a win's a win, and the win is three points. And then... Can you believe a few months back, maybe it's before Christmas, if we'd been talking about we really believe Newcastle would win three Premier League games on the bounce, you'd have thought, oh, mad. But if we beat Villa, that's what we will have done. And um, yeah, I'm taking Newcastle to beat Villa by a goal, a goal in it. The goal, the difference, like 2-1. It's so strange because... I think I mentioned on the previous podcast, the the preview for the Everton game, I mentioned mm. I was very nervous about about this Villa game more so than the Everton game. Yeah. Um, even after we beat Everton, I was like still a little bit nervous. I was more confident. But then after watching Villa last night and just seeing how vulnerable they are at the back, I, I, I am confident of a win. It's just whether Steven Gerrard has had enough time to put a rocket up the backside of that back line. And of course, he'll be missing concept because he got red carded, you know. Um, yeah which in many ways is a, is a shame for Newcastle because he was one of the weaklings I felt in that bat line. So I, it does depend on how Steven Gerrard gets into his players and we'll have the insight um, on Friday morning from Ashley Priest from down in Birmingham Live. He's the Aston Villa uh, writer. If you listen to the introduction to Matt Target, he was the fella who gave us the insight there. Um, so stay tuned for that one on Friday. I'm going to also go for a win. I think we'll, we'll, we'll get three valuable points and you know we'll continue to march up the league. Good. I like the sound of that. And then we continue to stay out the bottom three and maybe he's put a bit of air between uh, us and the rest, which would be absolutely wonderful. Um, but hope's bound to be 
burning in the breast after the last game. Uh, what we've got to do is build on that, keep going, and take a leaf out of the book of Eddie Howe if you're a player. We're not out the woods yet. No way we're out the woods yet. But we can actually see the sunshine between the trees. Let's follow the sunshine and get out there. And the best way of doing that is by winning the next game, this one. 100%. John, thank you as always for previewing this game with me on the Everything is Black and White podcast. Head over to chroniclelive.co.uk where we'll bring you Eddie Howe's press comments on Friday. As I said, the preview podcast with Ashley Priest giving us the Aston Villa insight on Friday as well. And of course, we'll bring you the live coverage of the match on Sunday via our live blog. Enjoy the weekend. Cheers. <laughs>